This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. Twenty twenty one needs to be a reset for us. I worked in technology for a little while and I brought attention to it last week when I called Brother Tommy out, but I'll just be real, Micah hates to ask me about a situation because ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the pro time my first question to her is, Have you restarted it? Because if you've got a cell phone that likes to act up, if you have internet that doesn't want to work, Chances are, I would even say it's more than 99.99999. I might would even throw an extra nine on it. Most of the time, a reset or a reboot fixes the problem. Okay? Connection doesn't have to be lost. We don't have to get rid of everything. You ain't got to throw the cell phone in the trash. It can simply be that a reboot or a reset fixes things. Right? And I preached to you out of Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16, and it says, out of the New Living Translation, and I'm going to do my best to quote it because I don't have a New Living Translation Bible, nor do they have it on the screen, but it says, stop at the crossroads and look around. Look for the ancient path, the old, the godly way. Find it. Look for that way. And then it says, walk in it, travel it. And as you travel it, you will find rest for your soul. And if your Bible has cross-references, it actually references from Jeremiah chapter uh, 6, verse 16. It cross-references that to Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29, where Jesus said, if you're, you're tired and you're, you're heavy laden, you've got a lot of burdens to bear, take my yoke upon you and you will find rest. You with me? Do you realize we just tied Jeremiah that happened thousands of years before to Jesus' words and they're referencing the exact same thing? The Bible is amazing. I'm a nerd, but even for the non-nerds, the Bible is amazing. Okay? We said stop at the crossroads. We've got to recognize there is a crossroads. There's a decision to be made. We can go one way or we can go another way. There's a decision. In everything in life, a decision has to be made. And if life isn't going so well, then we might need to turn around and figure out where the wrong turn took place so that we can go back and correct it and get on the right path. The path that is traveled a lot, and I'm going to talk really fast because this isn't my sermon, and I don't have a lot of time, but the path that is traveled, that's beat down, that's wore down, that's the one we want to walk down. You with me? I'm not talking about, I even told you, not that, that old time religion. I'm talking about something new taking place. God stirring his fire and, and him sparking a revival, but we've got to go back to some of those things that we know work. You know, like reading the Bible and praying and fasting and disciplining ourselves to our giving and serving the Lord. Those things work. Those are the paths that are beat down, that have been trampled on over and over and over by our forefathers all the way back to the church of Acts. And if we walk through those things, then the Bible says we then have rest for our soul. 
The church is at a place of crossroads, and we've got to make a decision of whether we're going to do what God's called us to do. We're going to reset and get back on those good old ancient paths, the ways that work. We're going to receive communion. We're going to have prayer meetings. We're going to read our Bibles. We're going to do things not because it's the old way and that's the right way. It is the right way, but it's the way that works. You with me? We need a reset. My pants are falling down. I've lost five pounds this morning since I've been up here. So now I'm going to be practical. Can I be practical? We're going to break this down. Over the next couple weeks, I told you last week, over the next couple weeks, we're going to walk through, I believe it was the point that I titled, if you were taking notes, you can correct me probably, but I said walk in it and travel it. The path, the ancient path, the good path, the godly path, right? And I said, what is that? Well, that's practical. That's picking up the word of God and reading the word of God. You can't know the way. You can't know the path unless you actually walk in it and travel the path. Okay? You with me? I said, there's a practical process to this. Asking for direction, asking the Lord to give us the direction. He's given us the direction. Now we walk in the direction. Okay? Practically, Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 and verse 8. It's on your screen. I love this passage. I'm, I'm the young guy. I've struggled coming up. I'm a first-generation minister, a first-generation preacher. I don't have this long line of six great-great-great-great-granddaddies that were Church of God founders in my blood. I don't have that. So for me, I've often identified with Joshua. Because Joshua was the guy that come up behind Moses and when Moses had died out and he had to be buried and he, Moses, you realize Moses couldn't take the people in? I like identifying with Joshua because Joshua actually took the people across the river. Okay? I love this passage and I love where God's given Joshua the charge. He said, Joshua, now that Moses is dead, my servant, my minister, now that he's gone, it's up to you, Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He was the assistant. He was the second man. Do you know it's okay to be man number two? He was the assistant. He was the second man. He said, now it's time for you to step up, but only be strong and courageous. And he says that four different times. I got this roadmap drawn on this page because four different times in this passage, he says, be strong and courageous. This is the man God's chosen to take his people across to the promised land, but yet he's having to be told over and over to be strong and courageous. Obviously, my dude needs to be reminded. You agree? And this is amazing because this is the only thing I can find. And you can go back and search all you want to, and you can correct me and write a paper about it if you, I don't care what you do. But he really only gives him one action that has to take place. And it starts right here. He says, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do all according to, the, uh, to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right, to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. I think we skipped a slide there, Carter. Because there's a main point we can't miss. Verse 8. Did I already, did I mess it up? Hey, here it is. This is what you can't miss. Verse 7 really didn't matter to my message. It's verse 8, okay? The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That's an important statement. But you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that it is written in it. 
for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Carter, go back to slide number one of verse eight. Stay with me right there. I got four thoughts, four actions. If you're going to take notes, you can write them down. First of all, you got to speak the word. I love modern day Bible translations. You know that. You know I preached last week out of the New Living Translation. But we also have to do our due diligence, and we have to be very careful to make sure what we're reading aligns with the original language, okay? You know the Bible won't written in English? Okay? This statement actually written in the New Living Translation. Read your Bible. Ain't nothing wrong with the New Living Translation. I will read it again and again. I'm not, be, please do not mishear my heart. Just stay with me. Point number one is speak the word. He said, don't let the book of the law depart from your mouth. We've got to speak the word. There's power in our words, right? The Lord spoke and said, let there be light. And there was light, right? He spoke and he said, let the waters, uh, let there be a division between the waters of the sky and the waters of the sea. And when he spoke, there was a division, right? He spoke and he said, let there be creatures swarming the earth and swim, uh, swarming the seas and, and flying over the air. When he spoke, it took place, right? There's power in our words. And Joshua said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. I got ahead of myself. Jump back. Throw that verse of scripture up, please, 2 Timothy. Because before we really move forward, you need to have this understanding. As a part of the church of God, we have what we call a declaration of faith. It's our, our, what we believe. It's our statement of faith. Many of you know it. Article number one of the declaration of faith says we believe in the verbal inspiration of the Bible. Okay? You agree with that? If not, you might be in the wrong house this morning, or I could convince you. Amen. We believe in the verbal inspiration of the Bible. Where does it come from? It comes from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and for training in righteousness. Ness, 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 that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. We need to have that understanding before we can walk forward any of the rest of this today. So, if you already wrote down, speak the word above that, you need to go put 2 Timothy verses, uh, chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Okay? None of the rest of it matters if you don't understand and you don't stand on the truth that all of Scripture is inspired and breathed by God. Okay? Speak the word. Somebody say, speak the word. Hey, I got 10 minutes. Speak the word. There's no question of what God's talking about to Joshua. The word originally for the book of law would be Torah. The Torah would be law or instruction. Technically, commonly used, we refer to it as the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That would be the Torah. And God's telling Joshua, don't let this law depart from your mouth. It's so important that every seven years they had to stand. <laughs> I can just imagine. I thought about it last night. What if I opened my Bible and said, would you please go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to read through Deuteronomy. Huh? Every seven years, it had to be read aloud in an assembly of the people of Israel because they had to know the law. 
And Joshua, here is a leader. Do you consider yourself a leader? If not, buckle up, buttercup. You're a leader, and you got to push forward in this thing with me. Somebody's got to lead 2021, okay? He says, don't let, go back to verse, um, verse 8, please, oh, Joshua. He said, don't let the word, don't let the, the law, don't let it depart from your mouth. That means we have to know the law in order for it to be on our mouth. Agree? The other translation for Torah would be instruction. I'm going to be honest. I'm young enough and I got enough millennial blood in me. I don't like the word law. I just don't. It don't make me happy and feel good. But there's just some law that has to be abided by. Okay? There's some things that must be done. For instance, thou shalt have no other God before me. That is a law that must be abided by. However, you heard me preach my guts out on the Ten Commandments. And if there's no other God before me, if there's no other God on the platform of my heart, my life can only be better. Right? Although it's law, it benefits who? Me. Every one of them. It's a book of instruction because it's not all law, yes. You break the law, you probably die. Like, you know, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, arm for an arm, that's not a good thing. However, the character of God is seen throughout the entire book of the law. Last year, we, we walked through Leviticus together. We walked through Deuteronomy, and I showed you the heart of God through the law because the character of God can be seen. It's a book of instruction. There's too much power in words. And when we forget to speak, when we leave that out, we neglect a major part of this whole process. I'm quiet. You don't believe me right this minute. I speak, I would, I'd love to count them. I would almost be willing to say I speak more on Sunday morning at 1045 than I do the rest of the week. I'm quiet. Like and I had a little get away with the kids for a couple days, and I'm perfectly content riding down the road for two hours and not saying a word. I just am. How in the world was Joshua going to lead a group of people? Stubborn, rebellious. They were messed up folks. God gave them water from a rock, and they weren't appreciative of it. Right? They got tired of eating the same bread that was falling from heaven. That's that group. How could Joshua have led that group of people without speaking the word? Without speaking the law? Did you know every situation? I've spoke so much scripture this morning. Some of y'all ain't got a clue because you don't know the word. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be ugly. But I've spoke so much scripture this morning already because over every situation and every circumstance, I don't know the addresses. Don't ask me. I don't have to know the addresses. The addresses were put there by man in the first place. You with me? I ain't got to tell you where it lives in the Bible. I just got to know where it's at in me. There is scripture to every single application and every problem, every situation and circumstance of our life. If you're heartbroken, there's scripture that you can pray and speak over yourself to lift up your head. If you're victorious and you're happy, you better be saying the joy of the Lord is my strength and today's the day you've made, Lord. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. If not, that victory is going to turn to defeat really, really quick. 
When, when I'm sick, there's scripture that I can speak over my life and I can receive healing and blessing and flowing through that, that sickness and that illness. When I'm in a financial hardship, scripture tells me that God wants me to prosper. I can speak prosperity over my life. I'm not talking about a get rich quick scheme. I'm not talking about love for money. I'm talking about prospering so that what throws through me can go right through me and come right out to somebody else. You with me? Speak the word. Number two, I got to hurry. I got four minutes. Study the word. He said meditate on it day and night. The word meditate. <laughs> I like that laugh. I agree. Some of us struggle to get past a Sunday morning when I'm trying to get you to read scripture, right? Day and night. Meditate on it day and night. Meditate could be defined as groaning or moaning or reading with an undertone. When I think meditate, I think, don't spill your water. I think of meditation. I don't know. Meditate on it day and night. There's scripture written on my bathroom mirror, and I can't brush my teeth without reading that scripture. Right now, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 that says, Therefore, be immovable, be steadfast, go in the, for therefore working in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your work's not in vain. You know why I know that verse of Scripture? Because it's written on my bathroom mirror, and I have to read it every time I wake up. Let's be honest. The last one was 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2. Therefore, shepherd the flock that's been placed before you, not out of selfishness and not out of what you can get, but because uh, unbegrudgingly because you're a servant of the Lord and you're eager to please God. You know why I know that? Because I wrote it with a dry erase marker on my mirror, and I read it every day for weeks until it become burned and ingrained inside of me. And you know what I do? I shepherd the flock that God's placed before me, not begrudgingly, not because of selfish gain, but because I'm eager to serve the Lord. You with me? I'm going to be steadfast, and I'm going to be immovable in my faith, and I'm going to continue to work knowing that the work of the Lord is not in vain in my life. You know why? Because it's ingrained in me because I read it. I can't even pull my hair without reading that verse of Scripture. Some days it makes me mad. Some days I don't like it. But I ain't got to like it. It's still burned inside of me. You with me? Day, night, I get up in the middle of the night to go use the bathroom. It's still on that mirror. You with me? Meditated on it day and night. Some of y'all wouldn't like my Bibles because they got writing all in them. This one's special. It's not got one single ink mark yet. I write in colors. It's a rainbow. If you pick up my Bible, orange means wisdom, leadership. It's an action. It's something that's important. If you pick it up and you see red, it means that you better have some faith to push through what God's calling you to do. If you see purple, <laughs> I love purple. That's that good old Holy Spirit power. Are you with me? Purple. If you see... Um, you see, blue, that's grace. That means that God's grace is displayed. When I read it, I saw God's grace. If you see green, it means that God's love's being poured out through that scripture. Or, Mitchell, you better shut up and love somebody. If you see pink, it's something technical, like the book of law is Torah and instruction. I write in my Bible. I don't care what you think about it. You ain't got to read it. But you know what I'm doing? I'm meditating day and night on the word and my way of doing that is by writing and underlining in my bible 
I love to listen on the Bible app. I listen riding down the road. I listen when I'm cutting grass. I can listen. You want to read something? Read the book of Ezekiel. It's good, but it's long. I can listen to it in one sitting. Remember, I listen fast. But that's not the same as meditating on my word. Chances are, I'm not going to remember what I heard the same way I'm going to remember what I see. And I'm underlining and I'm writing. I love to read commentaries. They're not Bibles, folks. You with me? Be careful. They're not Scripture. They are somebody that's got a little bit more education than you and me that happened to have an opinion and made an educated assumption of what God's trying to say. Did you hear what I just said? All they are is a little more educated than you and me, and they've made an educated scholarly assumption at what they believe God's trying to say. I can do the same thing they can do. You with me? I read them. They have their place, but that is not meditating on the Word of God. You with me? There's no replacement for Scripture. I'm out of time. You have to come back after. I'm just kidding. Speak the Word. Study the Word. Live the Word. Joshua said, This book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Why? Well, thank you for asking, so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. It's absolutely useless to speak it or to study it if we're not going to live it. The purpose, why? God, do you need this to be on my mouth? Why, God, do you need me to meditate on it day and night? God said, so that you may be careful to do. What does it mean to be careful? Intentional. To observe every detail. That's hard. There's some details about it I don't like. You with me? Like loving your enemy? I ain't always a fan of that. I'm real good at killing with kindness, but that don't mean I like it. Honestly, it's out of flesh most of the time. Just be real. But I can't accept God's grace, and I can't accept all those blue and green lines in my Bible and those awesome purple ones without looking at some orange and realizing that I've got to do all that according to what it says. It does me no good to speak it and to study it if I'm not living it. I told you last week, I've given you a Bible plan. If you weren't here, bless your heart, there's some extras on the back table. We're going to read the entire Bible in five days. Just kidding, Brother George, we're not going to do that. We're going to go over the course of the entire year, 52 weeks, reading five days a week. We're going to read the entire Old Testament and New Testament together. What I told you was, <laughs> you can see on somebody's face whether they read this week or not. So I'm just telling you, it's going to tell on you if you don't read your Bible. Y'all okay? Yeah. We must know the Word, and we must live the Word. Here's a little tidbit, practical thought. I love that Bible plan. This is my first year going through it with you. 
I did one the last six months. I did a chronological through the Bible since July to December. So you think you can't do it in a year. I just did it in six months. With me? I don't need your pat on the back. I'm just telling you there's no excuses. But here's what I'm adding to that Bible plan. There are 31 Proverbs. Most months, there's 31 days in a month. You know, except the ones that don't have a knuckle. January, February, March, April, May. Y'all do that little trick? So there's 31 Proverbs. So in addition to that plan, Mitchell's going to read a proverb a day. And when I get to the end of the month, I might have to double it or triple it up, especially in February. Man, that's going to be a bad one on the 28th. Just kidding. I do that. It's amazing what you learn when you read Proverbs. Men, husbands, did you know the writer of Proverbs in chapter 30 says he don't understand a man's love for a woman? Men, we will never understand women. The writer of Proverbs did not understand women. You with me? Do you know the Bible said that? Proverbs chapter 30. Four things I don't understand. He said the way that an eagle flies in the air, the way a snake can slither on a rock, the way the ship in the middle of an ocean can still have a direction, and the way that a man loves a woman. I'm going to read Proverbs. Meditate it. Live it. Here's the blessing, though. You want to prosper in 2021? Do you want to prosper in 2021? Amen? (laughs) Read this passage of Scripture. So that you may be careful to do all, or do it according to all that is written in it. For then, you, this is, be careful, read it. For what it says, you, will make your way prosperous. But pastor, I'm not supposed to live my way. I'm supposed to live God's way. Can I just, under what world are you living if you're speaking the word of God, if you're studying the word of God, and you're living the word of God, there is no my way and God's way. If you're speaking the word, you're studying the word, and you're living the word, you are walking in God's way, okay? You with me? No way around it. So if I walk in the way of the Lord, and if I speak the word, and if I meditate and study the word, and if I do all according to what it says, it's not, you ain't got to eat no black eyes to get this kind of success and prosperity. You with me? I ain't even a fan of black eyes. I just like the sausage. So this for me is like, yes, 2021 can be prosperity without me having to eat a bunch of black eyed peas. Because for then, after you've done those things, it ain't coming before. This is point number four, not point number one. After you speak the word, after it can't depart from your lips, after you've meditated on it day and night, and after you've lived it out and you've walked it out in the ups and in the downs and in the heartache and in the joyous times and in the victories and in the defeats, after we've lived out the word of God, then you will make your way prosperous. I'm declaring prosperity over my family this year. Something's going to shift and something's going to change for my family. You know why? Because I'm speaking the word, I'm studying the word, and I'm living the word. It's a pretty simple equation. It's not hard. A whole lot harder to put in action than to say, but I ain't giving you so, some fancy calculus trigonometry kind of thing. A plus B plus C equals D. 
Hey, <laughs> input equals output. You'll make your way prosperous. Then you'll have success. I'm a firm believer, though, nobody's going to hand it to you. Nobody's going to hand me prosperity and success. Even God told Joshua, when you do all this, you, son, not Moses' not Moses's legacy, not Aaron's support, not anybody around you, you will make your way prosperous. And you'll have success. I can't do it for you. You got to do it yourself. Nobody can do it for you. God wants you to prosper. The love of money is the root of all evil. Don't mishear my heart. The love of money is the root of all evil. Nowhere whatsoever does it say money is the root of all evil. You with me? How in the world do we reach more people? Do we build bigger churches to house the people we've reached? How do we see countries like Ecuador where pastors are going to be ministered to when Brother Danny takes off? Sister Tina, they take off this week and go to Ecuador and minister. How do we see that take place without money? Can we just be honest? It don't happen. Anything we see that's been built, that's nice and beautiful, somebody had to finance it. This church is beautiful. It didn't come for free. God provided all that was needed. Don't miss here and don't think we did anything. We didn't do anything whatsoever. God provided what was needed. There was just faithful, willing vessels most of them that sat on these pews long before you and I did. And they were faithful and allowed what God poured into their life to flow back through them and to come into the house. God desires for us to be prosperous. I love reading Proverbs. You know why? It says, if I walk in faithfulness, I prosper. If I live righteously, I prosper. Prosperity is Biblical. I'm not some prosperity preacher. I ain't going to tell you if you sow $1,000 into the kingdom today, God's going to pour out blessings on you. I believe that. That has nothing to do with this conversation. However, if you'd like to write a check for $1,000, you're more than welcome to do that day. That's more than that. It's so much bigger than that. I'm mind blown by the blessings that come on my household. This has nothing to do with anything. This goofball didn't sign my tax return this year. I kept waiting on a refund, waiting on a refund, waiting on a refund. I tried to call the IRS. They disconnected my call in the transfer. So frustrating. And then I get a letter with the tax return back saying, you didn't sign your return. It was mailed in April. I got it in November. You've got 20 days to get it back. 
The next day, I signed it and mailed it back. I still ain't seen a tax return. You know what I know, though? When that money drops, it's going to be when I need that money to drop. It's liable to be when there's nothing else there. And although I'd have loved to have had it, in February when you probably got yours, in April or May or June, I'd have loved to have had it. I might have even taken a vacation. I might would have spent it. I might would have paid down some debt. I'd have found something to do with that money. But I promise, it's not what God's purposed for it. I'm walking in prosperity. I'm living in prosperity. Because when that money hits, and when it drops, it's going to be because the timing is when God knew that I would need that money. I'm going to live faithfully. I'm going to live righteously because this dude's going to prosper. You with me? We all benefit. The church was founded on the principle that everybody pulled everything together and they put together what they had and they took care of those that were in need and then they were together as a I don't forgot my word, a communion, not communion, communified, boom, I need somebody to text that to me so I don't forget it, they're communified, they had everything they needed as the family, as the body, somebody had to keep working, somebody had to still prosper. They want somebody lagging behind that was lazy and didn't want to do nothing. Proverbs talks about that, too. If you're lazy, you ain't going to eat. That ain't what I'm talking about. We all prosper. Don't you realize the kingdom of God benefits and prospers? Speak the word. Study the word. Live the word. Prosper through the word. Would you stand with me? I want to challenge you. I promise I won't leave you standing but just so long. Two things I need to tell you. First of all, read your Bible. Can I just, I'm sorry I'm not your daddy. I'm your pastor, and I'm doing my best to shepherd the flock that's before me, not begrudgingly, not out of selfish gain or selfish ambition, but because I love to serve the Lord. Can I just tell you to read your Bible? Pick up the paper. If you want to read something different, I'd rather you didn't. I'd rather you stay with our plan because we're communified, right? Pick up the paper, walk through it. If you skip a day, you miss a day. Don't beat yourself up. Don't get down. First of all, it's only a five-day plan. That means you got two extra days to catch up. Read your Bible. We'll be posting on uh, Facebook, on the Facebook pages. This is a major commitment that I'm going to try to commit myself to. 
I'm going to try my best to post the daily scripture every day as a reminder so you see it, so you know what you're supposed to read. Don't depend on it. Get a paper. Put it in the back of your Bible. But I promise I'm going to try. So you're going to read. I'm going to read and I'm going to post. Get the paper. Secondly, I mentioned it briefly, and I'm sorry that I've not mentioned it more. I'll talk to you about it next week. But we're going to begin a fast starting tomorrow morning for 21 days, three weeks. We're going to fast. We're not fasting Facebook. We're not fasting social media. I need you to pick something that you eat that goes into your body and figure out what that is and fast it. For me, Lord have mercy. I'll only be drinking water. I ain't made up my mind just yet about meats. We did this two years ago. I didn't eat any meat for 21 days. See a doctor. If you need to see a doctor, don't do nothing crazy. Last week I told you we've got to, to heighten the spiritual sensitivity. We've become desensitized. You will be more, more sensitive to God speaking to you and to what? I mean, you'll be walking down, riding down the road, and you'll see a tree, and you'll realize that God created that tree in all of its majesty. All of a sudden, you'll see things you've never seen before. You'll hear birds singing, and they'll sound like amazing grace to you all of a sudden, and you'll realize that the birds are praising the Lord because there's a spiritual heightening. There's a spiritual heightening of the sensitivity when we cleanse ourselves and push back whatever it is. I'm not telling you fast, go on this crazy fast and don't eat nothing. Oh, you figure that out between you and the Lord. I am asking, if you want to get off Facebook, get off Facebook. Most days, Mitchell don't get on Facebook anyway. Now I got to to post all this stuff for the next year. That's not what I'm talking about. If we're fasting, we are setting aside some kind of food, something that our body wants. Maybe it's sugar. Whatever it is, you might have a headache for a day or two. It'll get better, I promise. But when we fast, we're actually we're, we're restricting our flesh. We're putting aside what we want so that we can be reminded of what God wants. Okay? Read your Bible. Join with me, please, in a fast. I'm going to be sending out a devotion-ish kind of thing uh, every day for the next 21 days. If you'd like to receive that by text, if you would text the word FAST to our number, 910-401-3300. Do you need me to you need to get your phone out? Let me get that to you. If you want to do that, text the word FAST. F-A-S-T. Phone number is, if you're ready, say yeah. 910-401-3300. Those will also go on Facebook, but I know there's some of you that don't have Facebook. So if you want to receive those, 910 401 3300. Just text the word fast. You should get a text back that says, Thanks for joining our fast. You'll be getting daily information. Okay? Read your Bible. We're going to fast.